0: We're here with uh, Rick Yemenez from Extinction AD and This Is Hell, who are both fantastic fucking bands. Um, of course, This Is Hell a little on the punk, a lot on the punk side, and then uh, Extinction AD super thrashy. And you know, personally, love the thrash, right? The growing up in the fucking eighties, seventies, eighties here, and you know, Exodus and Testament and Slayer and. So Extinction AD really brings back all that uh memories for me. Thanks for uh thanks for joining me tonight, Rick.
1: Yeah, dude, no problem. I'm you know, psyched us to be able to hang out and we'll get to talk about some other some other cool stuff too. On hell
0: yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear that for sure. Um so like first thing that that tops it off for me is this as hell has been playing some shows over the last year-ish
1: yeah you know and that just was um what triggered it um a couple of months ago or i guess you know about half a year ago we got asked if we wanted to play a show with uh with honor and stretch armstrong on long island who were both bands old friends of ours so i was like um that's great that they're playing shows let alone they were going out for like a short little tour but yeah uh why not that sounds like fun right everybody you know uh talked about it Real. It was actually real quick it was a text message like to the group hey you guys want to do this we've got to ask to do this everyone's like oh that's crazy yeah uh, yeah let's do it um i wrote a new this is hell ep musically like during covid um just because like once we realized covid was going to go on forever or for you know as long as it did yeah. i said you know what i'm going to use this time i'm going to write music for all my bands that don't exist anymore not that this is hell didn't exist but you know it fell under under that um yeah, banner. um, so I, I wrote some music a while back and then once these shows came up, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do this one show, but we gotta, we gotta get on learning these songs and like finish writing these songs. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we should do that. but we got to learn a set list first. And then, um, we played with Glassjaw last month and same thing that was, um, came up maybe like a week and a half before the show. Hey, what are you guys doing in 10 days or whatever it was? Wanna play the show? I said, yeah, sure. Um and then from there it's like, uh, hey, because we announced this show and that show, like we're getting offers to play like festivals in Europe and stuff. So it's like, um, if everybody can make the time for it, it's you know, it's just like, sure, that'd be fun, right? I said, yo, I'll do it, but we gotta do that EP. So we're uh, actually um like actively working on EP as well.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> That that makes me happy. I'm sure it's going to make a lot of people happy because, you know, I, I I feel like this Is hell had um had a really solid fucking fan base that were um a true to the core fans. You
1: know, you we know? have. Um, I agree. I agree. We had a a sect of people that kind of stuck with us. You know, from beginning to end. You know, I hate saying end because we stopped playing as like an active band, but like we never broke up it was never like oh last show you know because i think we all knew we just kind of wanted a break especially once we started extinction AD. let's you know chill out from this a little bit so we can put attention um other places uh but yeah we had a, a small group of people who stuck with us from the beginning to you know get quote unquote the end but we also in my well a lot of people's opinions uh every record we put out kind of sounds different from the, the last. And I think as we progressed the, um, or as the albums went on, the progression kept jumping more and more. So there was also, in my opinion, there's people that were very into the first album, didn't really stick with us the second album, people who really liked the second album and then didn't really stick with us through the third. And so it was interesting, um, depending on where we play or who we talk to, they're expecting like a specific thing from us, and it's usually album based. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like, hmm. I wonder, you know, if people want to see us at all at X or Y show. I wonder which era they actually like really want to see. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so uh, when we first first played our. Um, we start playing shows here and there again, I think it was 2017 or 18, we are like, um, let's do a sundowning show. So we did that and people were psyched and then it was like, well, that's sold out. So let's do um, another show the next day and we'll just do whatever. Now every time we play, it's kind of, um, hey, do you want to do like a sundowning set? You want to do like a Way of the world set? You want to do a little mix of everything? Um, the mix of everything is the most fun for us. So yeah. most likely that's what we'll be doing. Um, I think most people are like psyched on in theory are psyched on the, Oh, I want to see sundown. I want to see something. They want to hear a couple of songs from that record. Um, so even though it gets the most hype because that was our first record, you know, objectively, you know, our, you know, quote unquote biggest record. Um, but, uh, I think we've kind of, um, we're a little over playing just that record. Yeah. I think when we first decided, hey, let's play a couple of shows, you know, hey, let's kind of play more for everybody else than for us. We'll have fun regardless, you know, and it's not like we don't like that record or anything. But um, as soon as we did a couple of shows like that, it was like, okay, let's vary it up a little bit. There's a reason why we didn't stick playing, you know, not just, just one that. album, but like one style. Yeah. Like I said, you no, know, we, we started off, you know, a hardcore band with a little bit of punk. And then the second album got like, in my opinion, quite a bit more not just heavy, but aggressive. And then the third album, we kind of dove into the crossover sound a little bit. The fourth album, we kind of went almost like full thrash metal. Um, And then the fifth album sounds like a punk record. Yeah. Uh, So uh, writing this
0: new EP was, uh, hey,
1: I wonder what this is going to sound like. There's no rules. You know, there's no rules whatsoever with uh, This Is Hell, which is cool.
0: Well, and it's funny, right? Because we look at, we've got bands who sound the same through the whole, their whole career, right. ACDC, bad religion, motorhead. Right. And they're all really good at what they do and and we all love them. But, but then we look on the other side and we have like Metallica, right. Who has constantly evolved, right. Kill them all, super thrashy. And then they go, you know, still thrash, but very orchestrated with ride and master of puppets Mm -hmm. and super dark. And then, and and it's funny to watch the fan base. Cause it's the same, you know, I totally see it with, I know it for me, right? Like I really want to hear this era Metallica mm-hmm. and then, you know, now they're what pushing 60 and you get out there and you see them and you're like, Oh yeah, you guys, you still play seek and destroy, but it's not like it, it was back in, you know, 83 or whatever.
1: Yeah. To a certain extent, it's a different song. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, personally, I don't really know any other way, unless a band that I, or bands I've been in that have started very singular. Like, it's almost like the point of the band was to be in like whatever the specific box is. Uh, The bands always evolve. I mean, to an extent, I feel like Extinction AD is in a similar boat. You know, if you compare our, our demo to our EP, Similar, but still, you know, a little different. And our EP to our first full length, I think, is a is a quite a different beast. Uh, and our you know first full length to our second full length, then again, big, in my opinion, jump to our third, and our EPs in between, and uh, this new unannounced record that we're you know working on right now, I think, is like another huge jump. Um, if progression is natural it's so enjoyable and, um, you know, fun has such a great energy. Uh, now if doing the same thing, new songs and different spins, but like the same type of thing, like you said, with some of those bands, like bad religion and, um, ACDC specifically and stuff. If doing that type of thing is what's natural to you and a lot of fun, then that's great. Especially if you're one of those bands where it's like, people would be so bummed if ACDC, out like a power ballad at any point in their yeah. career but then you look at a band like um depending you know for better or worse a band like kiss who either progresses or shapes their sound to either if not the um optimist way to incorporate what's new right now or the pessimist way bandwagon jumping um you know I- i'm a kiss fan i like all eras of kiss so uh that's the, I, I like that, you know, there's room for both, um, but okay. I always personally, like, the, the progression when it's natural, I, I don't really know any other way, you know, I tend to get bored if I think, oh, like, our new album has to sound exactly like Culture of Violence because people liked Culture of Violence, so we got to stick with that, like, that, that's not the way I work, right. I don't think that's the way anybody in our band works.
0: Well, you know, and it's, it, I think it's hard, right? Um, uh, as a band to, to say, okay, we really want to stick to this. And especially when you get to the point where you, you've got, uh, label support behind you, they're, they're like, uh, don't, don't sway too much this way. And you need to sound that's like, hold on, right? Let us, we just kind of need to do our thing. I mean, I was talking to, uh, Tony Asta from Battlecross, and that was when they, They went from uh the first album to oh shit i'm i'm like uh it's been a long day (laughs) uh uh, pursuit of honor to uh what war of will or whatever the label was like don't stray from your sound it's got to sound like that and i'm like well one of the guys from the label was like that and they're like uh no we're gonna just do what we gotta (laughs) do you know like
1: yeah thankfully i've never been in a situation like that I've never had, um, in any band, I've never worked with a label that essentially gave any direction um, artwork-wise. Maybe artwork-wise on one thing, and it's such a little thing, you know, even bringing it up is um, stupid. I mean, it was like the difference of like, oh, I don't think this picture should look like this. like, oh, well we really want this picture to look like this like, like that fucking matter. I mean, stuff like that does matter to me, but in in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I've never had a label ever bring up anything as far as, uh, oh, don't you want to kind of sound like this? We've gotten some, uh, oh, I didn't think that this was going to sound like this, but I mean, um, only one time do I even remember that coming up with any even slight tone of, uh, negativity. And it, It was never like, oh, do you think you should go and do another song or 12 or whatever? It was, um, and you know what? Maybe that was like my uh, ignorance slash innocence then. Maybe that's what they were implying. And it was just kind of like, oh yeah, so this is the record. Um, And that was never, (laughs) that wasn't even with uh, Extinction AD. Uh, With Extinction AD, it's always been, um, to be honest, uh, hey, here's the record and the people being like, oh, just rad. Like we're psyched, let's go. Um, Especially with Unique Leader, which um, had put out our uh, past two EPs now and and the last full length, they'll be putting out our next full length also. Um, I think they signed us because we are essentially what they don't ever do. Um, We make sense for the label because we're uh, heavy and aggressive. But uh, on the other hand, like. I wouldn't say we stick out like a sore thumb because that's a negative connotation, but um, you know we stick out like uh, I don't know a fucking fist coming out of the ground with brass knuckles, you know, attached to a sword, maybe. Um, You know, we have our own thing that is like, if you are you know deep into metal, we're totally different than all the bands on that label. But um, for sure, I I prefer that. You know, a a label that knows what to do with a band like us but also they don't have 15 extinction ADs. Now, granted, I don't think any label could have more than one extinction AD because I think we're, you know, singular, but um, that's my own uh, ego talking, you know.
0: Uh, no, I, I absolutely agree with it. And that's, that's one of the thing that, that drew me to extinction with, uh, I think, Faith Killers when I came into the mix. And, you know, that to me, like that and then Decimation Treaty, you know, they're, they're, that was my introduction into, mm-hmm. I still, fuck, I listened to Faith Killer earlier today because I've, I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. And to see, you know, see the progress of the band. And I really like to hear that, you know, you feel like you've got great support with unique leader. Cause it, it shows right. It shows that what they've done is, is really put effort behind, you know, behind extinction. And I, I think it's, it's worked out well so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's very nice to have like uh, consistency, um, coming from punk and hardcore, uh, as far as my, like musical career, if you want to call it that, you know, I, I, grew up a metal kid first and then I found punk and it was like, you're, you know, taking an eye patch off all of a sudden you see, you know, with, with two eyes. Um, and then, you know, obviously found hardcore. And all my serious bands at that point were punk and hardcore bands uh, growing up. And coming from that, there's that inherent, every time you're gonna put out a record, if your band even stays long and stays together long enough to put out more than one release, it's kind of like, do we wanna do it ourselves or is somebody else gonna do it? Um, so having a consistent label that, uh, you know, like I said, we put out an EP in 2021, uh full length in 2022 and ep and uh well i guess 2024 it was january um yeah and then the uh a full length coming this year that i'm not supposed to talk about yet i mean we're about to do our fourth release um with this label spanning the course of um, three years a handful of years yeah so uh that's really cool It's, it's totally cool um especially knowing that like you said they're supportive um not just of, of the band overall, and you know, so in the, in the music business, I guess support means different things, you know, that might just be, you know, money, but it also might be, Hey, we're here for you. If you need um, advice or some direction or right. even, even if it's just, Hey, our record label, just as a label, like as the words on your um, at the bottom of your Uh, either apple streaming account or your spotify account or the logo on the back of the record like that's support into itself if the label has um a bit of clout which unique leader does um so having all that is uh it's something i actually don't take for granted even after doing this for so long because i am you know we're hardworking guys so i mean if we had to do shit ourselves no matter what that means on any scale We're going to find a way to do it if we can have somebody help us along a little bit that's great because i want to focus more on having fun and playing guitar and screaming and figuring out how to write good songs and not having to worry about um how the fuck are we going to press all these records how are we going to get this record sent to this guy or that guy i don't want to worry about that shit i actually i don't want to worry about anything that has to do with business whether it's the band or otherwise you know i, I want to play music you know what i mean i want to um be able to express myself and connect with people and um be a child for the rest of my life
0: yeah i think we all want that and I, <laughs> yeah. it's unfortunate you know that being an adult um uh, pros and cons right yeah we get to choose what the hell we want to do on the hours we're not working to make money so we can do the things that we want to do you know yeah yep. support uh, your habits for sure, which is, you know, it's a lot of fun. You get to do things like, uh, you know, go out and see shows or or go, you know, go play, uh, get married and, and take a trip to Hawaii and, yep. you know, do all those things. So, okay. We're not going to talk about the, the extinction AD album that you're not supposed to talk about yet. Um <laughs>
1: Dude, I, I, I like almost bite my tongue anytime I talk to someone about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't help it. I just talk too much. But OK, let's 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 proceed. I didn't, I didn't say anything.
0: I, I didn't hear anything. Um, so what uh, what plans does like this is how I have for the rest of the year?
1: Um, you know what? We're kind of uh, making plans and just kind of. Um, it's almost like surfing, man. Uh, things come up and we figure out whether it fits in in everybody's life, because not only does everybody have like real lives and we're all like in our, uh, well, most of us, um, between extinction AD and this is hell, you know, we're either in our late thirties or early forties. Um, everybody's got shit going on and also making sure that we, you know, save up enough time to do as much as possible. With Extinction AD, so it's kind of like riding a wave of everybody's availability and um, life circumstances. So uh, as of right now, like I said the main thing. This is Hellwise is getting this EP written and recorded and released. Um, we have a. Uh, I get I get confused also. What is this is Hell? and What's Extinction AD? Sometimes, um, I think we're I think we're doing a festival. I know there's a festival in may the end of may and early june over the course of a weekend that extinction is playing one day and this is hell is playing another day and i think a week or two prior to that so sometime in may i think that's this is hell playing a show in toronto another festival in toronto um so if i remember correctly yeah it's uh puza fest puza fest i think maybe that's the toronto one uh, this Is Hell is doing that and then it, This Is Hell and Extinction AD are both playing um, a festival in Montreal. Prepare for something. Maybe like prepare for war or something. That's a soldier's lyric so that might not even be it. Um, uh, we have some other stuff looming that we haven't um, confirmed or announced yet. And uh, like I said, I think we're going to play some uh, festivals in June in Europe. Okay. Um, we may do some stuff in Europe in August. Um, But like I said, anything past the June stuff is kind of where surfing right now to figure out what's possible, what's not possible, um, what fits into Extinction AD's schedule and what fits into everybody's personal life schedule also.
0: Okay. Well, you at least got a few shows coming up, but that, you know, hopefully we, we get some people there throw down. And just enjoy the, the show, whatever you play, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what um, what do you like doing more? Is there, is there a band you like playing more?
1: Um, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to like dance around this question, but I mean, as of right now, playing in Extinction AD is like the funnest thing to do. Uh, so much so that we did this as hell for eight years as a every single day thing you know, nonstop. And I said, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, everybody was, but I was super burnt out on the band where I said, yo, I want to do something different. And we started extinction AD. And, um, the main objective from day one with extinction AD is ever has to be fun, has to be fun and gratifying. And then we'll worry about everything else after anything like business wise or like trying to reach this, like, uh, like fucking status level whatever happens happens gotta be fun and then if we decide we want to push it we'll push it if we want to push it a lot or a little whatever um that's kind of where we've been the entire time and the fact that we consistently you know play shows as much as we can tour as much as we can um always writing always recording and releasing stuff um i mean that's like uh this is how it used to be like my baby band um right and then once I guess it felt like, all right, I'm kind of grown up. I'm gonna have another kid. Uh, now, Extinction AD still feels like you know, it's the fun thing, man. It's it's the yeah. probably the most gratifying band I've ever done. And to, also, a lot of that has to do with everything I learned from doing this as hell. You know, I was um, oof, I was uh, 24 when we started this as hell, and 24 for me is like 15 for a regular person you know I, I would i was still a stupid little kid um so i learned a lot about what i do and don't like about being in a band i learned a lot about how to um act like an adult instead of a sniffling brat kid um and then by the time we started extinction d like i was an adult and again adult under my point of view so it's like I'm still like a stupid little kid compared to the regular adults. I know, but, um,
0: I think I, we're all still, still yeah. stupid little kids, <laughs> yeah.
1: but enough that I, I know, um, to, well, I try to never take anything we do for granted. Uh, so, and that goes from the obvious big stuff. Like, yeah, Yo, you get to go and record a record in a nice studio with like a decent budget and have this great sounding album with, you know, your friends, uh, recording you as well as the people in the band, to the really little things like, oh, I'm excited that I get to go and practice like weekly band rehearsal for two or three hours. Like, I don't take any of that shit for granted anymore. So the fact that I've been so aware of, have fun doing this, especially because like, we all work full-time jobs and figure out how to make the band work still, even when that means going on tour where, Mm All my other bands that I did full time prior, I'd work little shit jobs here and there, like a part time shit job, and then oh, I have to go on tour for four months. Like, I'm gonna quit this job.
0: Yeah, see ya. You know.
1: Uh, so um, even though that sounds like a like oh well, that sounds like a lot of fun, because that is a lot of fun. Um, you just get so used to that, like you live in that bubble of like oh so like what do you do? Oh, I play in bands. Like, Oh, do you make money up? No, but I fuck around and have fun with my friends. Totally cool. But then when you have to do things like pay rent and pay for your um, cell phone and eating when you're home and you know, uh, Hey, how, how many credit cards can I get and how many minimum payments can I make? So they keep upping my credit so I can, you know, in three years to survive at home, rack up five figures of debt. Like, that's not exactly fun. Um, The fun starts to run out on that because like you're living in a fantasy world and dude, living in a fantasy world is the greatest. I don't say that in a demeaning way because if you, there's ways to make this shit work. You know, um, like I said, the entire time with This Is Hell, like you gotta cut corners and you also have to sacrifice um, having that super real adult life. You have to understand that like, you're going to be a disappointment if you're like dating someone and they bring you home to their family like oh what do you do for a living like i'm I, i'm a musician like oh so you're famous like oh no no like right not so um the whole like ebb and flow of that uh the greatest decision i ever made still you know even like um with the uh half ass real life as far as like on paper that i have now um it's because of what i learned now being able to incorporate what i learned from doing this as hell for so many years as a full time band into doing my band now as well as balancing an adult life and you know um i don't think any jobs are adult jobs i think it's that's all bullshit but you know what qualifies as an adult job and um living in an adult place as opposed to um couch surfing or uh finding the smallest room with your friends to pay the cheapest amount of rent because you're only living there you know a third out of the year or straight up squatting in a house in mastic um all this is like learning experience so now i to a certain extent it's still you got to take the good with the bad and also find you know for me at least like a supportive wife who understands as well as like okay with my lifestyle because it's like a mixture of adult and irresponsible child um yes but if you if you find the right everything you make it work so being that i have found that now i'm not saying every second of playing in extinction ad and down and every second of regular life is all fun and games i got it made but that being said you know I'm, i'm naturally like high strung as it is um all that being said i still i'm enjoying playing music more now than i probably ever have um like i said and it's the perspective because of everything i've learned in the past which is many years of taking a lot for granted and then now not taking anything for granted um as well as you know mentally growing up and, and learning um
0: well it seems like from an outside perspective it seems like you know before it was We're gonna make money with the band, and this is our thing, and this is what we're doing. And now you're like, We're just gonna have the band, and we're really gonna enjoy having the band, right? Whatever happened, yep. And
1: if we can make a little money, what you know, and that's such a a hard term to qualify within not just music but like heavy music. But like, if we could go on a tour and break even, that's that's making money. Right. Um, if we could do that while not losing our jobs and personal relationships at home and everything, dude, that's like huge, that's huge the success. Yeah. Now if we could do that while still putting out records and you know, maybe some people that aren't our friends like, like it, Oh, huge success. If we could like make friends with people who weren't our friends who like it. And then it like grows even like a hair, To some people that might be like, Oh, we got to reach this status. We need to like keep moving up the card and all this stuff. Like if that happens, cool. That's not our goal. You know, our goal is to, um, have the most fun, be the most sincere with our music and our lyrics and enjoy playing shows and hopefully a lot of people like it. And if people either people ignore it, that sucks, but Hey, that's none of my business. Um, If people hate it, I hope they hate it for the right reasons. Um, And uh, you know, that's another thing I've learned also, like um, you you gotta do it for yourself. And I know that's so cliche, but to say it and not have it just be lip service, have fun, feel gratified, and then go out and play because you enjoy it. And if people like it, great. If people don't like it, none of my business has nothing to do with me
0: well so i think if you look at look at a lot of the bands who uh who've been together and i i'll say successful right but have been together and released albums and stayed together they've done it for that reason right they do it for themselves mm-hmm. and anything that comes along with it is just like oh well cool right yeah, we were just totally. we were just getting drunk like putting together an album. It, <laughs> you know what the, I didn't know it was going to sell, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 albums, you know, shit. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yep. You know, it's, that's all about like, um, I guess to an extent, any, uh, entertainment or art, whatever, like it keeps you young in that way also. Um, and being able to appreciate that, like to do it selfish, selfishly, but then to present it selflessly, um is like very gratifying
0: yeah hell yeah so extinction just released a little ep
1: dude so when the idea came up for this ep it was um i don't want to say that we kind of didn't um plan but we had toured so much leading up to culture of violence, you know between we put out the uh chaos collusion carnage propaganda e p hit the road um had already had most of cultural of violence recorded, but we went back and um added some new songs, cut some other songs, you know, just kind of had to final it finalize it, so we were doing that while we were home between tours um just hitting it so hard from uh, September 2021 all the way through the release of Culture of Violence, um, March of 2022. I would say from September 2021 essentially till the summer of 2022, we just we were hitting it so hard. Uh, we were supposed to go to Europe in the summer of 2022, and for uh, a, f- a few little circumstances, that everything fell apart and our, our tour was canceled like what the fuck and at that point we we're like oh, i guess we'll just kind of chill and see what comes up for uh 2023 um we were going out and playing some shows and we were throwing around writing new songs but it was more you know let's get out and keep playing on culture of violence because it, we didn't want to have their album release and then just drop it um as far as supporting it. So uh, at some point, the Europe 2022 tour got completely reworked to be a Europe in the uh, summer of 2023. And uh, they booked so far in advance. We knew that was coming up and we were, you know, so focused on that, that we almost forgot, yo, we got to get on putting out a new record. Because if we wait too long, it's gonna wind up being like three years between records. Like the first yeah. year just flew by, um, so like okay, let's you know, let's uh, chat with the label, see what's up, and you know, kind of come up with a plan. And we came up with a plan, and then we realized, yo, let's have a single out before Europe. So um, there was a, like a, an entire plan put into motion. I said, yo, if we're gonna do. I don't want to go in and record a song knowing full well, we're not going to be able to record a full length before Europe. I said, why don't we just do like an EP have a single out for Europe and then, you know, we'll record the full length later on. And the label's like, well, why don't you like start recording the full length and just use like one of the songs. We'll do like a, you know, EP teaser. And that's just not my nature you know, right. to have a song come out as a single, then another single, and then like a year later have a record come out. I was like, no, no, we'll, we'll just record two things instead of one. They're like, you sure you wanna do that? I said, sure. So we wrote a handful of songs and, you know, um, kind of separated what would be the full length, what would be the EP until we realized, that was the plan until we realized, yo, we gotta hurry up because at this point, it was already kind of like the spring of 2023. It said, yo, if we need a single out before Europe, so that'd be August, we need to get in the studio and record this thing right now. Like we don't have we wanted to write 16 songs, choose four for the EP, 10 for the full length, and then cut two. I said, wait a minute, we're always the, the band historically has been at least one full album ready. So by time anything that we've ever recorded, we've always had at least a full album ready, like written and everything before yeah. we even recorded. So essentially, Decimation Treaty was done being written before we even recorded Faith Faithkiller. Um, so when we started thinking about this, said, yo, we have like three songs written. We need to get to the studio in like a month. And then we need to record an EP go on tour in Europe and then come back from Europe and immediately like finish writing a full length so we can record that in time for the proposed date in 2024 that we're not talking about yet. <laughs> um, and the whole entire thing was like, hey, can you guys even do this? I'm sure, we could do this, even though we've never like written songs under, you know, under the gun like this before. Um, and dude, it's like, everything with this band and this is like the coolest thing with this band like i was saying everything that everybody has to balance is at least from my point of view always bite off more than you could chew and then figure <laughs> and then figure out a way not to choke
0: figure it out I mean, yep.
1: you gotta otherwise you're gonna die and like we're fucking deathless yep. so um for the first time ever it's like yo bam bam everybody let's write some fucking songs so um, quickly, we wrote ten songs. At that point, we said, "Okay, so we have enough of a baseline to figure out what makes sense for an EP." And now we have six songs of twelve that we're gonna choose from for a full length. So uh, wrote the EP, banged it out really quick with our friend Rat uh, Brett uh, from I'm the Avalanche and Crime Stereo. He recorded uh, Faith Killer. Um, and man, he just, in my opinion, he crushed that recording. I love the way that Ruthless Intent sounds. Hell yeah. Um, so we went in there and did that. And then went to Europe with uh, Morality Bait was already released. Uh, we were playing, I think, um, Morality Bait and Prodigal Scum, all of Europe. Um, and then we got back and we're like, studio time's booked. So we have to write these songs like... So we finished writing and the thing is the way I do it always, which is a terrible, terrible habit. Hey, let's write all the songs musically and then I'll write lyrics. So we did all of that and then it was kind of like, okay, we're finally done with all the songs musically. We picked which 10 we were gonna use and we ditched two. And I said, all right, I have like a couple of weeks to write 10 songs. Now, young me, that's no problem. I'll write 10 songs in three days. Like, you, as you can tell right now, I can't stop talking
0: right
1: <laughs> um, now. Uh, especially like, I feel like I just wrote uh, Plague, Prophecy, Faith, Killer, Decimation, Treaty. I feel like I just wrote all these things. Like, I don't want to retread the same ground over and over and over again, um, lyrically and topic topically. Um, but also, like, I'm not feeling the same way I was feeling it, but so. And I feel like I have to do better than I did last time. And then knowing now that I'm on a very specific schedule adds even more stress. Where I'm like, working all day, maybe I'll be able to get to the gym, maybe I won't. And now I'm gonna just sit down and like write. Um, stressful as hell, man.
0: Um, I can only imagine.
1: And for us, I, 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 what I'm uh, outlining here probably isn't odd for any band, but for us we've never done it that way like hey you have um, two months to finish writing a full length and then go and record it like we've just never done that dude back in the day when all I did was music so when I wasn't on tour like oh I'm gonna be home for two weeks like I'll write three albums because I'm not doing anything you know what I mean my yeah. job is, is to play music and then you know watch wrestling with my friends on Monday night Um, but you know like working a full-time job being married I I still, as of right now, I live like two hours away from everybody else. So even on a day, I have to go to practice. It's like a, a 12 hour situation, um, as opposed to, oh, cool. I have like two hours to spare. I'm going to go practice with my band today. Um, oof, it was just, it wasn't for a lack of planning, but just kind of the way things happened. It was just all of a sudden like, yo, you're under the gun. I think we were all like so focused on the Europe tour. And then even when we got home, we were like riding so high on like, yo, that was the greatest tour that we've ever done. So it was kind of like, Oh, cool. Now we get to write new music. It wasn't like, okay, good. You're home. Get the fucking work. Right. Um, I think it took us a little while for the, uh, the reality of the situation to hit us. Um, no idea how this, what you even asked me how we got on this, but, um, since I would say, uh, the early spring, of 2023, despite only doing like a handful of uh, runs of shows in the States and the one tour in Europe, which was a a massive thing for us, um, we've been so, so so busy and so, so focused. But um, so Ruthless Intent came out um, the first week of January and it was so cool because as that's getting released everything else is done like this full length everything has to do with it like so we get to enjoy oh yeah we kind of almost forgot that this was coming out because we've been so like focused on like a b and c so by the time it came out we're like yo i haven't listened to this in like a month or two and like, yo, look at that fucking artwork. Like, that's so sick. I almost forgot how sick that was. And then being able to chat with people, um, you know, for like podcasts and YouTube shows, I get to like revisit this album and like talking about the lyrics and the writing of these songs specifically in the recording. I'm like, man, I'm so, so excited on this EP on its own, but also knowing that this is just another step for us right like we're constantly like for us at least you know um i don't even want to say progressing or whatever the fuck, but like we're like this steady train that never retreads the same thing like where are we going no fucking idea but i know we're doing it like really okay. really really fast um uh, and i don't mean fast like oh we're on the fucking fast track to anything but like we're speeding i don't know where we're going But uh, we're speeding and like every time we write a new song, every time you put out another EP, it's just like another fucking car attached to this train. Um, And dude, it's, what a fun ride, stressful as hell, but it's only stressful because we fucking care about it so much, you know, and we feel like what we're doing is so important. Um, And that, that stress doesn't take away from the fun, but, that stress is there.
0: I think the stress helps, helps make the fun you know, all the, all the better, right? It's... Dude, the,
1: the more stress that you have going into it, the release is that much more. Um, I don't know uh, if you or anybody else in the world is like a big wrestling fan. It, to me, wrestling is everything, but um, it's like a good wrestling story, man. Like the more you build tension, within a match. And that might even be because you spend three or four minutes doing, you know, a headlock and a tie up and maybe an elbow and then back to a headlock and a punch and a kick and uh, maybe a body slam. Like you're not going out there and and throwing your finishers right away. But if you do this like wonderfully put together like 25 or 45 minutes match or story, by the time you get to the finish, it's this unbelievable like crescendo. Um, And I feel like that's what we've been constantly doing. And it's almost like every release that we put out is like another false finish. Like, oh man, like, um, false finish. Let's start with WrestleMania three: Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Rick Steamboat. You think every time one of them does a big move and and does a cover, oh, that's gonna be it. But it's not. Um, So, uh, that's, that's how I feel like the track we're on
0: right now. Wrestling. So I'm, I, in all, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a huge wrestling guy. I liked wrestling when I was a kid because it was, you know, theatrical and, you know, dramatic. You're always mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that's so cool. What about I've heard nothing but bad things about the Royal Rumble the other night? Like, oh, oh man, it was so lame.
1: Oh, I, I loved every second of it. Did you? Oh, I had so much goddamn fun um yeah you know what I, I pay attention to a lot of this stuff so um I've seen you know I always see both sides like uh, I see people shit on things I see people uh overblow things but um I I thought this year was great I enjoy yeah. all, all, all uh all four and a half hours of it
0: what was your favorite favorite part of it <laughs> the women's
1: Royal Rumble fantastic I make a, a match of the year list every uh year on my phone so um it's always gratifying Whatever is the first thing that goes on my list of the year, and it's almost always one of either the men's or the women's Royal Rumble, if not both. But um, the women's Royal Rumble this year uh, opened up the show, and it was uh, phenomenal.
0: Hell yeah! All right. Well, since I'm not a big wrestling guy, <laughs> um, what uh, what bands have you know have you played with that or? Sp- you know, played with or seen that you didn't expect them to do, you know, you were like, eh, you know, it, it's whatever. And then they just came out and, and blew your mind. Oof.
1: Um, we've been playing for so long that it's, there's like such a litany of bands that I could, uh, that I could choose. You know, a lot of times it's bands that I, like the first time we play with a band, whether I've, um, heard of them before or not. Uh, one of our first tours we played with Safu in Cleveland, um, and they're a Detroit band, but love you know, those dudes. Yeah. 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 Um, and th- this is way back. So we had never heard of them and I'm sure they had never heard of us. And it was, um, I think we might've met them be- like before, like earlier in the day. All right, cool. Let's check this band out. And as soon as they played, I was like, right up my alley you know fast punk a little bit of hardcore lots of metal like and uh so that was a band like 20 seconds into their set i knew oh this this is a band that's you know kicking my ass and we stayed you know buddies with those guys forever um and it was so gratifying to see when they got the uh first group of pantera shows yeah um What an unbelievable thing, especially like for, you know, everybody in Extinction AD is such a big Pantera fan and we're all, or let me speak for myself on this way. I am so, I always pay attention to, um, which bands the bigger, older metal bands are taking out for support and not because, Oh, I want them to take out my band. Uh, more so because there's two different types of, um, I don't want to call them legacy bands, but you know, older bands like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Pantera d- of different levels, but like Pantera, and Exodus, Testament, Anthrax. Um, there's two schools of thought. Uh, let's team up and then take out opening band that nobody knows about and they're going to pay X amount of dollars to be on this tour, which is going to, you know, I don't know if I'm like, you know, uh, exposing the business here too much, but. uh, No, I think it's
0: already out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, these bands buy onto tours and that money, whether, oh, well, that money goes for this, that, and the other thing. It goes to pay for the headliners bus, buses, like that. And hey, if you have the money, cool. And the older bands that take those bands out, hey, it's a business. I get it. Uh, Good, good for everyone. Uh, the bummer is, I would say 95% of the time, those bands that pay large amounts of money, you know, it's over five figures every time or, or up in the five figures every time. Um, they're usually never heard from again. And then the bands that take out, uh, up and coming bands that they like and have heard of, or, you know, um. Uh, think, bring something to the show, uh, maybe if not monetarily, but hey, let's bring up the new breed because otherwise what's gonna happen? Um, whew, Slayer, one of my favorite bands ever, as evident from listening to uh, my band. Yeah. Uh, over the past many, many, many years before they stopped playing, Slayer never fucking took out bands that were break that were newer, younger bands. I think the only band that could even they could lay claim to doing that with, and also this is speaking from what I recall and everything. So anybody could hey, Rick, you're an asshole, you know what the fuck you're talking about, and name five things that I'm missing. What I recall, Slayer t- took out, you know, um, Meshuga in 2001, um, they took out. Lamb of God, all those bands are like pretty fucking established, uh, already. Although to, let's be fair. The first time I ever heard him with sugar was on that Slayer, uh, sick all tour. But even so 2001, mm. like what happens when you break up now? Let's see what happened. Slayer broke up. Who's going to fill Slayer shoes now? I'll tell you fucking nobody. And that's not a, um, and I, Granted, no one's going to like fill Slayer's shoes because Slayer is Slayer. Yeah. But who's going to fill that void? Like, there's a massive void now because Slayer doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, did not. Carrie's out here trying to bring Carrie King music out as the.
1: Yeah. And, and we'll see how that goes. And the thing is, um, that'll be a big deal. Like, he's headlining stages on festivals that he's playing and everything. Um, but. Most likely people are going to be really excited when they play Slayer songs. There's, I fucking hope that there's some like original songs. Um,
0: From the sounds of it, it's, it's all original material. It's okay. just just an, um, an extension of oh, what Slayer yeah. was.
1: And hey, great. Everything's great. Everybody should be happy. I mean, Slayer doesn't owe anybody anything. Don't get me nope. wrong. We all owe Slayer a lot.
0: Yeah, what do um, we have 30 38 39 years of some some of the best, you know, thrash thrash fucking metal.
1: And uh, not only just their catalog, but what they inspired. Yeah. So I mean, there's a million positives that's of Slayer and a few negatives, but this one negative is in my opinion a trend that exists with lots of other bands in similar standing where I feel like when a lot of these bands break up all of a sudden, like, you know, the genre is going to suffer because who the fuck got brought up to fill that void. Now there's always going to be an underground and a scene and all that shit, but these bands are like borderline across the mainstream. I know Slayer's not a pop band, but Slayer, cross into the mainstream and that's a good thing. Just so like Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax to a certain extent, these are, you know, these are bands that people outside of like music and metal dorks like us, you know, know. Um, Testament, huge. Um, Exodus, huge. Um, Exodus isn't a household name though. In metal, they are top tier. Right. Aside from that though, I mean, um, people know, um, uh, whatever. Uh, all this to get back around and i know on the other hand also snafu is on um anselmo's label
0: Housecore, yeah
1: but um yo the fucking dude has a label and he's putting out these bands that are like grassroots bands because he sees something in them and then not only that hey come on three days of this tour with us and lamb of god and like oh why only three days and not the whole tour because every leg there's a couple of you know uh, different legs of the tour with these up and coming and or you know depending on what region of the country you're in unknown bands man that's fucking awesome hell yeah um, so all of that huge roundabout thing to say like snafu kicked my ass in 2014 when we met him and they deserve every single thing that they're getting. And let's also be honest with how like the way the world works and because especially in metal, and you're talking about a band like uh, Pantera and Lamb of God taking out these uh, smaller bands, uh, the type of person who's going to see that show just for Pantera, just for Lamb of God, a lot of those people aren't conditioned at this point to see an opening band That's actually a sick, worthy, ass kicking opening band Um, because a lot of these other bands are taking out these biome bands. You know, it's really easy to be like, "Eh, I'm going to see these other two bands. I don't give a fuck about the opener.
0: Right. Um, Well, and that's that, you know, that was the thing. Uh, We went to see the Pantera tour. We caught it in Indianapolis with Snafu. And oh, great, dude. I was like. Told my friends I was like, we're gonna get there early because we've got to see Snafu, right? Like they're they're from Detroit. We we got to be there. We got to do the thing. Holy shit, man! They they kicked ass, and I'll tell you the fucking. I feel like the crowd was was like, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. And man, I I love shit like that because this is a band that we met playing a dump in Cleveland to like twenty people Mm -hmm. and. That's not including the other bands because I don't, you know what, I think we might've played with Hand of Zeus that night also, who are um, good friends of ours. And they're, um, I think they were a Cleveland band at that time. Um, Awesome, awesome guys. Uh, But I don't think it was like all the bands were even watching the other bands. Um, And there was no, as anybody who's ever seen us knows also, there's no um, with us or with, snafu or with hand of zeus uh oh there's only 20 people here like no, i guess let's we'll get up there and play like no you're playing for yourself yeah. and then no matter who's there they're having good times they see you're having a good time so then you have a better time and it's like who gives a fuck whether there's 20 people here or not this is the sickest shit ever so knowing that if snafu is going to do that to 20 people in a dumpy bar slash skate uh, skate park uh when they play in front of uh 10, 15,000 of Pantera's crowd, there's no way that they're not going to feel that energy and be like, right. Oh, you know, I normally don't care about opening bands, but that band kicked my ass. I have to get a shirt or at very least I'm going to make sure I check them out on streaming when the show's over Well, and then go to one of their shows.
0: You know, I think, I think one of the things that that stood out to me is like, This is probably the only part of the show that I really remember because we started drinking pretty early. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm, you know, watching Snafu and I look over side stage and Phil is there fucking jamming out to him. And it's like, how fucking cool is that? Right. To have the headliner side stage for the opening act who in this crowd is like a nobody right like
1: yeah unknown band to probably 99 percent of that crowd yeah dude and you know what speaking like as a band um catching somebody that you respect and admire watching your band even if it's just for like a snippet so long as that snippet isn't seeing them and them thinking you suck um is so uh what a crazy it's, feeling. It's yeah. it's not just gratifying, it's like... Um,
0: Exhilarating.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's also a like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, and it's, you're probably like, not supposed to say this because it's such a like Mark thing to say, but um, you know, playing a show uh, with, we just did a handful of shows with Sepultura in, um, in Europe. Uh, we've played... Um, a few, but one specific, I remember a uh, festival with Testament in Massachusetts. Um, and I remember we're playing and uh, the stage is huge. It's uh, the downstairs in the Palladium in Worcester. And uh, we're playing and I'm just doing my thing. And I turn around and I see Chuck Billy on the side of the stage. Now he wasn't sitting there like, oh, I must stand here and watch Extinction AD. But he's hanging out, do- you know, probably just, oh, I know we're playing later, Chuck Billy from Testament um and he maybe just wound up there and decided to watch us for a song or two or like was stretching or just getting ready uh uh to play later on and just happened to be there and then looked our way but like oh chuck billy's watching us okay let me go back to singing and playing and then dude there i'd be lying uh if i you know Say I didn't do this on purpose, but like I, you know, waited, you know, like no no, two minutes in, like I have another break, I'm gonna check and see if he's still watching and he's still watching. You know, I have no idea what he thought. Um but man, that was like
0: He was there for a couple of minutes. So Yeah. So you know, dude, like
1: that shit is so gratifying as a musician to um anybody you admire or are a fan of to kind of um acknowledge you in the slightest way, but like I said the um the guys in Sepultura, um we just happened to play a few shows with them, uh but to you know see those guys and hey, I up and then be like, oh hey like, great set tonight or whatever e- you know you can say that to anyone, but um when we played our last show, um I went up to uh Paulo, and uh, Andreas uh, I think I spoke more to Andreas I was like hey man I. Thank you for having us. Like this was so cool, you know, for us to be able to play some shows with you and be like, "Oh, thanks for playing. You guys are great." Could be lip service, I don't know. But like, I'm like, that happened in August, and I'm like, still on cloud nine that we got to play with them at all. Let alone like, oh, you know, thank you guys for playing with us. Like, what the fuck? Like, why are you even paying attention to us? It's, um, it's really crazy. Um. To ever be uh, treated like a peer to people that you um, grew you up are. admiring, um,
0: you are though.
1: Well, thank you, and I, I do appreciate. I guess it's just like that—that that kid in me—and I try to never, you know, be a fucking mark around that. But like, um, you know, we played uh, this past run. I think we we only did two festivals with uh, Biohazard, but um, this is how played with Biohazard um, way back, and um, you know. Uh, I have a, a, a loose friendship with Billy, um, and I always try to like be cool because like when I was a kid, I thought Billy was like the fucking coolest. The shit, yeah. Um, and then after meeting him and like, you know, hanging out at a show, bullshitting online or whatever, like, I think Billy's the coolest even more now than I did when I was a kid. And to, like. Oh, run into Billy after a set and to be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And instead of him being like, oh, cool, whatever, be like, oh, dude, good to see you. And then, hey, let's, we're going to take a walk to catering and chat. Like, dude, that shit is fucking cool. So to have that stamp of approval of a band that, you know, like Pantera, that Snafu obviously, like, loves and admires. And not only do I like, think you guys are cool, like, come on tour with us. Yeah. Um, and not just to be like, Oh, cool. So I get to see you guys. Like we have this platform that we're going to be playing to, you know, five figures of people. Probably we want to oh, afford for sure. you that opportunity because we're not going to be doing this fucking forever. And like, dude, there's a good chance that some of these bands who aren't bringing up other bands, like, okay, Pantera is playing in bigger places than, um, some of these other bands are playing, yep. but. You know a band like testament or exodus they're playing to uh 1000 to potentially 3500 people a night in any given city um so you already have like the diehards there a bit more than i would say like the pantera crowd or the right. megadeth crowd Uh megadeth is actually on the same ish type of levels uh testament um in my opinion uh draw wise uh anyway um you got to, you got to get these people in tune with what's next. Because If not, once Pantera stops playing, once Lamb of God starts, stops playing once Testament, Exodus, Anthrax, once these bands stop playing, if they didn't bring up other bands, then what, like you got to hope that the person who normally only goes to shows in uh, 12 or 14 or uh, 2000 cap rooms, you got to hope that somehow those people just happen, to know that there's like 200 cap rooms where like there's five metal bands playing on a Friday night.
0: You know, I, I think to that point, it's not a, you got to hope that they know, right. Cause a lot of those people, if they're only hitting those, those one to 3000 size venues, or we can't say only, right. Cause I, I'll go to shows like that, but I think there are a lot of people who go to those shows. And Mm -hmm. then there are a lot of people who hit the smaller shows too, that you know they enter that they intertwine at the bigger shows and you yes, hear yeah
1: the thing is like these bands that are like still like kicking ass and touring and playing to these like big crowds like dude I truly believe that Testament is bigger now than they ever have been hundred percent it, okay it's like sometimes like people are like you're fucking crazy like Testament should have been in the big four which um. Is a, is a whole other different conversation because the big four, the big four isn't who is the best. It's just, it's a very specific yes. time period and thing. But, um, uh, Testament, in my opinion, um, bigger now than ever before. I don't think Testament has ever put out a bad record. I think they kind of get better and better every record, even from, uh, the beginning to, to a certain extent, obviously. But, um, the fact that I think Testament always puts out an A record, I agree. Like, um, it's on unfu- the, they're solid the,
0: and they, they always have a fucking solid live show too.
1: The, the most consistent band. Uh, I wonder if I would say, and this isn't saying like, um, like a rolling stone list or anything. there's just Rick his opinion. I might say that Testament is like the most consistent band in music, like ever <laughs> <laughs> to, to my taste, you know, like, yeah. just, um, uh, dude, Chuck Billy is a fucking alien. Yeah. How? How are you just the best and get better and you could sing any style that you want and be the best at it? Like, dude.
0: well, dude, Who's... like Alex Skolnick on the guitar or Eric Peterson, right? That's... Like, oh my so, gosh, d-
1: yeah, dude, I I I think Skolnick is so good and so cool, but I think like again, Eric Peterson, like. Have he, you heard
0: Dragon Lord? I don't, I must have. So it's like his, his black metal project.
1: You know, I, I must have, and just like, didn't stick with me. Um, I'm not a black metal guy, but I, am, well, I'm, I'm, I'm such an Eric Peterson guy, man. Like yeah. he, he is, uh, I I will say this with, uh, certainty of my opinion, Eric Pearson's the most underrated guitar player in metal history.
0: I'm um, with you, yeah,
1: dude. What a what a fucking brain. Hey, hey guess what? I'm just gonna because when I say they're the most consistent band with like the flawless um, discography, like who's the constant there as far as like riffing? Like to me, he's like. Uh, f- He's like, uh, well, I guess I won't make another wrestling reference. Otherwise I would have <laughs> said he, he's like the ravishing Rick Rude of, okay. uh, of guitar playing, you know, the most um, underrated, in my opinion, the most underrated wrestler ever uh, transcends uh, time periods. Um, but uh,
0: I remember him.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I have a little bit of um, fear as to what happens when these bigger bands stop playing um because there's going to in some ways like well yo if those people that go and see them and only those bigger shows like they're not supporting the up and comings anyway under no real fault of their own maybe like maybe they just don't know the shit exists anyway but um so i guess you could argue hey it doesn't matter but um
0: well you know there's there's a lot that goes into that right like partially these bands that that are taking the smaller bands out. And I think partially it's the smaller bands needing, um, maybe not needing or, but not having the proper like support behind them or, or, or way to get out and promote. Like I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to a guy from Michigan. He said the first time I heard about battle cross, they were at, where were they? They went to it. There was a big metal show. I want to say it was Slayer, might have been Metallica or something. And Don Slater was out there handing out demos, Battlecross demos. Hey, listen, give us a listen. Give us a listen, right? Like there's not a lot of that that really goes on anymore.
1: Oh, and dude. So, I mean, the the internet and streaming is like a double-edged sword. Um, Double-edged sword? Double-edged knife? Uh, What is the fuck is that?
0: It's a sword, Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So the internet's a, a, a triple edge mace. Um, I mean, there's a trillion and five bands, so it's so difficult to stand out in a lot of ways, like, oh, you can make yourself, but with all that saturation, that's why the uh, lack of smaller up-and-coming bands being on these bigger tours is that much more of a detriment. Because like you said, even you know what happens if you go to a show now and hand out a flyer or a demo or something like that? People don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, right. dude, I swear, because I'm I'm like a uh, chronic flyer-er. Like, always have been. Um, I mean, I still enjoy, I do it less now, but when I do, I still enjoy drawing a flyer, making copies, cutting them half page, and going to a show and handing them out. Uh, even a flyer for a show at a smaller show at the same venue that we might be playing that the flyers for, you hand a flyer to someone, they, they're what, uh, what, what you're placing a piece of paper in my hand. Like people don't fucking know what that shit is anymore. It's just like, it's not really part of the culture. Um, the EP we just put out ruthless intent for now streaming only. We played three shows the weekend it came out to promote it, but being that it's streaming, it's like, how the, what can we do aside from like, just go on stage? Hey, just like everybody else, we have like new stuff on streaming.
0: Right. So I was like, yo, I'm
1: going to print out the cover, the size of a CD on the back is QR codes to scan. So if you want to find it on Spotify or Apple, scan the code. Um, there's a, uh, I think I might've put the Bandcamp link also. So I was like, yo, I'll hand this out, tell everybody we have free EPs it's the same size as a CD. So it's kind of like, eh. Even that, it's our shows for the release of this EP. And I'm walking around handing or at the merch table, if somebody buys anything, or even just comes and stops, I'm handing them, hey, free EP. Because it's like a, a piece of paper, or even, you know, potentially looks like a CD, people don't know what the fuck is going on.
0: Right. Um. Right. So dude, over
1: even though I would say like the past like five or six years, like handing somebody something to get your name out there it's so so difficult it's like
0: well i get it right like we took uh we went on on vacation this summer took the kids out west and we went to uh uh, venice beach and we're like you know walking along the beach and these guys come up and they start talking and everything's all great and they hand you a cd and it's like i'm like (laughs) You know, I ain't got enough charge you like I, I know what you're doing. Right. I've done this, done it before. Uh, I ain't got any money. They're like, oh, I don't need any money. And they keep going and they're signing your name on there and getting all funky. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I don't have any money. Like, I'm not going to give you any money. And it's a 20 minute spiel. Like, dude, I just want to enjoy the beach. Yep. Like, (laughs) you know, but and it's it's not just the beach. Right. They God, they do it in town here in Louisville. Right. Like, dude, a little, it's a little town. You ain't got to be out here trying to hustle me out of, you know, 20 bucks so you can sell a CD, just sell a CD, put on a show, do a thing,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? So I, I, I think, uh, I think we've been attuned to that. If someone's handing us something, they want something in return. So All I don't it know for people to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, me too. (laughs) Uh, so with culture, you guys, you did it, you know, the full LP and then you also had the 10 inch along with it with the unspoken about album is, is there, is there a potential for that or is that even not in the works or are we not talking about that at all?
1: We are not talking about that. Um, okay. But, uh, whether we're audio or visual,
0: uh, both take take my cue. All right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Um,
1: and and all actuality, um, really, really exciting because doing that last time, even when we did the CD for the, um, chaos, collision, carnage of propaganda, it was great. we put that together so quick once we signed with the label and recorded that and bam, let's put out uh, a CD EP. Um, and I love the artwork on that. Um, but I was a little bummed. I was like, Oh, I, I always want vinyl. For everything yeah. like that's um it's just the realist to me on every level holding it playing it uh looking at the artwork so i was all for hey let's get this ep out um before uh a single for europe ep out in january for Ruthless and 10. um we know you know i know the way the world works everybody's gonna stream shit anyway but like i still want to have some ass kicking artwork we had a great concept we had a great artist with uh lauren moran um but everything was planned at the same time, as far as um, EP, the release schedule for singles, and the full full uh, EP release, as well as the, um, the next thing. So the idea, again, got thrown up. Like, um, what do you guys think about doing a, a package deal now that we have the two again? It's a pfft, All day. Um, now, especially with that artwork for Ruthless Intent, um, I am so excited to see that in a large uh Hell world. yeah. Um and we didn't uh with the the package deal last time with um the EP and culture, um I think I was almost like a little afraid to stretch out uh for packaging wise, um because I just didn't wanna like uh, Maybe uh, rattle any uh, trees as far as oh you want to do this and this and this and that like that's gonna be expensive. Uh, Where this time oh hey this is what we're doing. All right, so it's like all right cool. I should have did this last time because the artwork for the last CP was so sick and it didn't even though the we got the ten inch and the vinyl we didn't get ten inches of artwork.
0: Artwork right.
1: Where um, this time whether or not we do another package deal uh we may or may not have 10 inches of um of ruthless intent artwork to go along
0: that'll uh, be cool as shit oh you know, it's
1: it's so sick i'm even thinking like man we should they're packaged together i want to like open them up and sell them separate but um that's not going to be uh that's that's against <laughs> yeah against not- everybody's rules and when it comes i'm not going to fuck with somebody else's uh money um that's a little beyond uh My scope of rule breaking, as of uh, today,
0: (laughs) as of today, maybe next week, but but today we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! All right, Um, I got a lot of good stuff. Uh, I know it's getting late. You want to spend some time with your wife? Uh, So, Rick.
1: Yeah, I'm also energized as hell. I had a a big uh, rain right before beforehand. So.
0: Oh yeah. Oh,
1: always have energy to spare
0: yeah not me i i think i got up at like four this morning i've been going ever okay. since like well, dude this
1: was this was great to catch up it was um hopefully we'll get to see you in real life again
0: Hang for sure play some music. Uh, uh for sure like we'll we'll make it happen even if i gotta fly up there some point <laughs> yeah. hey, like you're laughing like i wouldn't do it but i would um yeah i know it yeah because I'm I'm a nut. I actually flew out to LA to go see uh, Mr. Bungle, The Melvins, and Spotlights when uh, when they played the Palladium, and that was dude that was that was such a great show. And I love those guys too. All the uh all the Spotlights, they're you know super super good people.
1: Oh hell yeah, Chris. Me and Chris Enriquez go uh, the drummer go way yeah. back. We've played in bands before uh, together, um, and you know we came out of the same scene on Long Island. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, he was uh, on the Mite of Princes, right? Is yep. where he cut his teeth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, he was on episode two. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, cool. yes, yeah. yeah, su- crazy. Super, guy. Fuck yeah, he's great. Um, always, always like he's always going, going, going. I'm like Chris. Yep, yep. whoa. yeah, he doesn't stop. All right, Rick, what's that like? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, Rick, thank you. Appreciate you. I'm looking forward to the undisclosed new album um at whatever point when it comes out um i'm jamming the ep it sounds really fucking good i I can't wait to see what uh what what more is in store for extinction ad in the coming years
1: hell yeah thank you man appreciate it
0: yeah see you bro
1: i did talk to you soon
0: yep